You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Pregnancy Podcast. The Your Birth Plan book is available on Amazon, both for Kindle and as a paperback. When you buy the book, you also get access to a template that you can download, and it includes everything that you could put in your birth plan, no matter what type of birth you are planning. This book makes writing your birth plan a piece of cake. To check out the book, there are links on the Pregnancy Podcast website, or you can search your birth plan on Amazon. Last week, we talked about caffeine and pregnancy. Caffeine is one of the very first things to be cautious with once you see that positive pregnancy test. We answered some questions like, can you consume caffeine during your pregnancy? Does that affect your baby? How much is okay? That episode went into all of the details on caffeine and pregnancy and what the research says about caffeine consumption when you are pregnant. If you missed it, you can go back and check out episode 51. In today's episode, we are talking about breech babies and external cephalic version. So what the heck is that? In the womb, ideally, your baby is head down before you go into labor. If they are buttocks or feet first, this is called breech. An external cephalic version is a procedure that is used to try and help your baby turn in the right position so that they are head down before you go into labor. This episode is going to go into some of the causes of breech babies, what the complications of a vaginal breech birth can be, and all of the pros, cons, and research on the ECV procedure. Your baby starts out with a lot of room to move around in the beginning of your pregnancy. They can stretch out and even do somersaults. As they get bigger, they have less room to move around. And towards the end of your pregnancy, they should settle down in a heads-down position. Ideally, your little one is positioned head-down, facing your back, with their chin tucked into their chest, and the back of their head ready to enter your pelvis. This is called cephalic presentation, and most babies settle into this position within 32 to 36 weeks. Our bodies are designed for our babies to be head down before birth. In some cases, a baby is not head down and is bottom first rather than head first, and this is referred to as breech. There are a few different types of breech positions. A frank breech or an extended breech is the most common, and this is when your baby's legs are up next to their tummy so that their knees are straight and then their feet are by their ears. So it's kind of like their bodies are folded in half. A complete breech or flexed breech is when your baby looks like they are sitting cross-legged. And then lastly, a foot-long breech is when one or both of your baby's feet are born first before their bottom. In the later part of your pregnancy, you and your doctor or midwife should be able to tell how your baby is positioned by feeling on the outside of your belly. If you pay attention to where you are feeling movements like kicks and gently feel around your belly, you should be able to get a good idea of how your baby is situated by filling their head, which is going to be more firm than their bottom. Obviously, you want to be gentle when you're doing this. If you're having a tough time figuring out what is what, the next time you see your doctor or midwife, ask them to show you and help you figure it out. 
the later in your pregnancy you are, the easier it's going to be to tell where your baby is and what position they are in. In the event your care provider thinks that your baby is in a breech position, they may want to do an ultrasound to confirm that. It's not always known why a baby ends up breech, but there are some common causes of it. One common reason is due to uterine abnormalities. Normally, a uterus is shaped like a pear. If the shape of your uterus is different, your baby could have a hard time turning head down. Your uterus could also be misshapen due to fibroids, scar tissue from a surgery or previous cesarean, or due to past uterine infection. Another reason that could cause a breech baby is if your placenta is located in an abnormal position, which is going to limit the room that your baby has to move. Too little or too much amniotic fluid could also impact your baby's ability to move. And other abnormalities like a short umbilical cord could also restrict their movement. Lastly, if you're having twins or multiples, your babies have even less room to move around, and it's really common for one or more of the babies to be in a breech position. With all of this, I do not want to freak you out about having a breech baby. Ultimately, this is pretty rare and happens in 3 to 4% of births. The vast majority of babies will be head down by the time you go into labor. There are some things that can increase your odds of having a breech baby, and that includes a previous breech baby, a premature birth, smoking, and a higher weight, or BMI. I mentioned that babies tend to go head down between weeks 32 to 36. It is possible that a baby can turn just before birth, so if you are in week 36, 37, week 40, there is still time for your baby to get in the optimal position, so don't panic. Some complications with a breech baby born vaginally could be an umbilical cord prolapse, where the umbilical cord slips into the birth canal ahead of your baby. With an umbilical cord prolapse, the cord is compressed as your baby moves into the birth canal, and this restricts the flow of blood and oxygen to your little one. Fetal head entrapment is another possible complication, and it is exactly what it sounds like. What happens is the baby's head gets stuck, and this can result from your cervix not being completely dilated, and then your baby's head just does not have time to mold to your pelvis. You probably already know this, but your baby's head is really soft, which is going to help it fit through the birth canal. And often a newborn baby born vaginally is going to have a little bit of a cone-shaped head. This is nothing to worry about, and it will go back to normal. There is also the possibility of other injuries to your baby just because they are not built to come out bottom first, just as you were not built to birth a baby that way. Lastly, there's an increased risk to you for perennial tears or an episiotomy. With all of this, I do want to make sure that you know that there are perfectly healthy babies that are born breech, and these complications are a possibility, but they are not certain to happen. So what can you do to get your baby in the correct position if they are breech? There is a procedure called an external cephalic version, or ECV for short, that may be able to get your little one to go head down. 
An ECV is a procedure that's usually done after 37 weeks, and your doctor or midwife is going to put pressure on the outside of your belly to try and get your baby to turn head down. Sometimes two people will be assisting with this procedure, and they can use an ultrasound to help guide them. There are some other methods that may be combined with an ECV procedure, and this can include tocolytic drugs, fetal acoustic stimulation, regional analgesia, or transabdominal amnioinfusion. Okay, so a lot of medical terms in there. Let's just take a real quick look at these individually, and I'm going to throw in some research from a review of 25 different studies. And of course, I will put a link to that review in the show notes if you want to read more on it. Tocolytic drugs are anti-contraction medications that help your uterus relax. And research shows us that when these are used with an ECV, they are effective in increasing cephalic presentation, so head down babies in labor, and reducing the number of cesarean sections. There was insufficient data comparing different groups of tocolytic drugs, so that's definitely something you'd want to talk to your care provider on. Regional analgesia, which could be like an epidural or a spinal in combination with a tocolytic was more effective than the tocolytic alone in terms of increasing successful versions. As with any medications, definitely talk to your doctor or midwife about your options and the specific risks and efficacy associated with each type of medication. Two other interventions that can be used in conjunction with an ECV are vibroacoustic stimulation and amnioinfusion. Vibroacoustic stimulation applies a vibratory sound to your abdomen, which is aimed to induce fetal heart rate accelerations, so makes your baby's heart rate speed up. Amnioinfusion involves an injection of fluid into your uterus to increase the amount of amniotic fluid. So in the review of 25 studies, there was insufficient data on the use of vibroacoustic stimulation or amnioinfusion. This aligns with a Cochrane review, which noted that there was too little evidence to show whether increasing the fluid surrounding the baby or sound stimulation did help the baby to turn. I will also link to this full Cochrane review in the show notes if you want to read more on those findings. I do want to note that this review did also find insufficient evidence on an injection in the lower back for pain relief, which would be like a spinal or an epidural. All of this research that I have talked about so far was all reaffirmed by a more recent review in 2015. And of course, that will also be in the show notes if you really want to dig into this and read further. Risks of an ECV include premature rupture of the membranes, changes in your baby's heart rate, placental abruption, and preterm labor. In a review of 84 studies involving nearly 13,000 births, the overall complication rate was 6.1%. This included 0.24% for serious complications and 0.35% for emergency cesarean deliveries. Overall, they concluded that an ECV is a safe procedure and that the complications are not related to the baby's position after the ECV. If you want to read more on this study, I will link to it in the show notes. 
More than 50% of ECVs are successful. Sometimes the baby does go back into a breech position, and it may be possible to attempt another ECV. It does get more difficult to do the procedure the closer that you are to your due date. The American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommends an ECV between 36 to 38 weeks. I did find a study that showed an ECV done earlier, more like 32 to 34 weeks, increased the chances of the baby being head down at full term. This was focused on three trials, which included about 1,800 women. Compared to women who had an ECV done after 37 weeks, the woman who had had it done earlier had a 19% decrease in the rate of breech babies at birth, a 10% reduction in the risk of failing to achieve a vaginal birth, and a considerably reduced chance of breech vaginal delivery. The study did find that an early ECV may significantly increase the chances of late preterm birth. So I'm going to link to this in the show notes if you want to read more on it, and it would probably be a good idea to talk to your care provider about the optimal time for this procedure and really get their thoughts on it. I have read and heard about a lot of alternative methods of getting your baby to flip head down from playing music near the bottom of your belly to placing a bag of frozen peas near the top of your belly. I really haven't found any scientific evidence to back these up. If you're nearing your due date and your baby is breech, you could certainly try some of these methods. But as far as I can find, there's no evidence to support their efficacy. And again, this is probably going to be a good topic to run anything by your doctor or midwife if you're going to be trying anything at home. Ultimately, what happens if you're full term and your baby is still breech? Well, 90% of breech babies are born via cesarean. If you're planning a home birth or a birth center birth, it's possible that having a breech baby would prevent you from being able to do that. So you will want to discuss this with your care provider. Also, there are doctors and midwives who have experience with breech vaginal births. And if you and your care provider are comfortable with a vaginal delivery, it is possible. A breech baby does not always mean that you have to have a cesarean. You will just need to talk to your care provider and find out what your options are and then what the best course of action is going to be for you. The International Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology says that a cesarean birth is safest for a breech delivery, but the absolute risks of a vaginal breech delivery remain small. I will link to the article with their opinion in the show notes, as well as the study that was the basis for their opinion. This was a meta-analysis published in 2015 that included a total sample size of almost 259,000 women, and this meta-analysis concluded that even taking into account the relatively low absolute risk of vaginal breech delivery, the current study substantiates the practice of individualized decision-making on the route of delivery in a term breech presentation. This is exactly what this podcast is about. It's about you getting informed and then making the right decision for you. If your baby is breech at term, you really need to sit down with your care provider and go through all your options. Your care provider is going to be a big factor in whether you attempt a vaginal birth or have a planned cesarean. 
There may also be regulations in place at the venue where you are planning to give birth that do not allow you to have a vaginal birth if your baby is breech. And some doctors and midwives are not going to be supportive of a vaginal breech birth. All of this will ultimately play a part in what you decide is best for you and your baby. If you are planning on a cesarean or you just want to be prepared in the event that you meet your baby via C-section, I did do a full episode on that topic. If you have not listened to it, I will link to it in the show notes or you can find it at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 39. To recap today's episode, we talked about the optimal position for your baby to be in before birth and how to tell what position they are in. We went into breech babies, some of the risks associated with that. We also talked about external cephalic version. We went into the details on the success rates of the procedure, how it's done, the risks, the benefits, and dove into a ton of research on it. If your little one is not head down toward the end of your pregnancy, do not panic. There is always time for them to flip. If they are being especially stubborn, an ECV is an option for you and definitely something to talk to your doctor or midwife about if your baby is breech. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. Next week, we are talking about traveling when you are pregnant. Traveling even when you are not pregnant can be challenging. I'm going to give you some tips for travel, whether you are hopping in the car for a short road trip or flying to another continent. Plus, you may have some restrictions on travel later in your pregnancy, and we will get into that as well. The key to traveling when you are pregnant is staying healthy and being comfortable. So tune in next week for some tips on that. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 52. Be sure to check out the Your Birth Plan book. You can see a preview of the book at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash Your Birth Plan or just search Your Birth Plan on Amazon. The best part about this book is the template, which covers everything that you can include, no matter what type of birth you are planning. When you get the book, you get access to download this template so you can customize it to fit your preferences. The whole process this book walks you through to create and write your birth plan is going to have you going into your labor with so much confidence. (laughs) 